Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to equip you with the knowledge and tools you need to make lasting changes in your health. Society has trained us to think that Western medicine is the answer to long-term health, but this approach only treats symptoms and never addresses the root cause. Without a new approach, our community will experience unnecessary sickness and suffering. We teach the functional health model to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life. My name is Paige, and I'm a certified holistic health coach. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Alex Arguello, doctor of chiropractic and functional health practitioner. Join us as we unpack some of the most pressing health challenges facing our community today. Welcome back to the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. Today we are going to be talking about how to handle cravings. So before we jump into that, um, I'm just going to ask Dr. Alex, is this something that you typically see with your clients? Yeah, uh, cravings is a big deal with my clients, I would say. Um, As we've talked about in the past, I give everybody what's called a diet nutrition lifestyle plan. So obviously there's that diet piece and within that diet piece, they're typically having to make some type of um, significant change with their diet. And the biggest thing that keeps them from being able to do that is, is these cravings, whether that's for, you know, high sugar foods, high salt foods, um, or just foods that they normally eat that they're not supposed to eat. Uh, Cravings is definitely a big deal. Definitely. Yeah. And cravings can come up for various reasons, which we're going to talk through, but yeah, it can be your body saying, I actually need more of this in some instances. In a lot of instances, it can just be these chemicals in your body that are telling you that you need this when you really, it's not something that's nourishing and good for you. So we will get into all of that. But the number one thing, the number one takeaway that I want everyone to have from this episode is that to handle cravings, you need to do so mindfully and intentionally. So when a craving comes up, you want your rational thinking part of your brain to be working rather than just the lizard brain that just acts um, on an impulse. You want that pause and um, like choose your response rather than just going into a reaction and following that craving. Yeah. Um, And so cravings can be a symptom of imbalance in the body, but the thing is it can be an imbalance that's not necessarily food-related, like stress or sleep, which we're going to talk about. So uh, we talk all the time on here about wanting to treat the underlying cause, not the symptom. So the same thing can be said for cravings, um, where treat like just eating something sugary or salty would be treating the symptom, but the real cause is behind that and a deeper issue. Um, Okay, so step one. So I'm going to give you three steps for handling cravings um, mindfully. Step one is to acknowledge the craving. So this kind of just um, gives it, like disassociates you from the craving and gives it some power, gives it less power. So just the simple fact that you can take a step back and acknowledge that you're having a craving rather than just letting it kind of overtake you is going to get you further than a lot of times if you just kind of follow your body and just go straight to the pantry without thinking about it. 
that's that's what can get you in trouble. So ignoring it can make it worse. Yeah, I think that piece is important. So if you if you're going to be able to fight these things um, like we're talking, um, admitting that they're theirs is the first step. I think is is what what you're really saying there. If you were to just kind of know somewhat subconsciously or um, even consciously, but then you try to suppress that it's there, then more than likely you're going to go down the road of reacting to it and doing something that you don't want to do. Right. But if you can say, okay, I'm having this craving right now. Now what do I do about it? And then you you still might fail sometimes, but totally. you're, at least, you're at least aware that they that they're, are there. You are um, even kind of confessing that they're there um, could be a part of it. And then, yeah, that's going to help you to, to be able to just make a, a better decision on the road. Yes. Yeah. So, yep. Step one is acknowledge the craving. Then after that, step two is the one that we're going to spend the most time on. And this is explore the origin of the craving. So there's four different questions slash four different origins that we're going to talk through um, that you can ask yourself as a craving comes up to kind of figure out where it's coming from. We'll go through each of these individually, but here's the list. Number one, is this craving happening alongside a particular emotion or physical feeling? Number two, is this craving for a highly palatable food? Number three, is this craving tied to a habit? Or number four, is this craving guiding me toward something that would support my health and well-being or not? So the first one definitely is the one that I probably have struggled with the most in the past. Um, is this craving happening alongside a particular emotion or physical feeling? So this is definitely where stress, eating, and fatigue, like tired, fatigue, um, eating, and even boredom um, a lot of times lead to cravings. And so in these instances, it's important, like we said, to acknowledge it and then realize that this is just the symptom and the underlying cause is something different. And in these cases, food is not going to solve the problem. It's just treating the symptom. So you really need to go beyond that once you've identified what the real problem is and treat that. So if it's sleep deprivation, maybe you need to adjust your nighttime routine or your sleep schedule or you know stop looking at your phone right before you go to bed those kinds of things if it's stress related maybe it's a job that you're in or we've talked a lot about how to deal with different emotional and physical stressors and all of that mm -hmm. on the show before but um yeah have you is this one that you see a lot in your yeah. practice <clears throat> yeah i was just going to say about that um first one the sleep deprivation that can like we always somehow eventually get to vicious cycle is if you are sleep deprived and then you continue to just go to food to try to cope with this sleep deprivation, um, that more than likely is going to mess your sleep up again. So you yes. snacking, you eating something that's going to raise your blood sugar, throw your blood sugar off, and then maybe you'll have a blood sugar crash, um, especially if it's something that's inflammatory, that's going to inflame your body. Um, and then you also just don't, you're not dealing with the stressor that's leading to, to the problem. So you're just compounding it. Um, and, and again, getting into a vicious cycle. So you're sleep deprived, you're trying to eat to overcome that sleep deprivation instead of figuring out how to get better sleep. And that's going to make you more, um, that's going to make your sleep even worse. So yeah. that's and a huge one. They've done studies that show that sleep deprivation 
actually increases your cravings for more calorie-dense food, a.k.a. junk food, Mm -hmm. so that it's just a whole cycle. Yeah, and then stress is like a whole thing. And (laughs) I was telling you before, when I worked in corporate America, I had an internship um, in at a large public accounting firm, and it was during tax season. And so what they did was there was a whole line of filing cabinets filled with all kinds of snacks that you could imagine, you know, granola bars, candy. They would do weekly Whitey's ice cream runs and just all kinds of things. There was always unlimited snacks, sugar, carbs, coffee, yeah. everything just to fuel because it's super stressful. They're asking you to work, right. you know, 10, 12 hour days. Right. And so they just want you to, I guess, mask <laughs> your stress yeah. issues with food. And stay awake, I'm sure. Yeah. They're trying to get you to, to do that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so then when you were, we were talking about that before, I mentioned that I used to do a talk about how to stay healthy through the holidays because there's this time between really late October through the beginning of the year where there's, you know, Halloween stuff and then there's Thanksgiving stuff and there's Christmas stuff and there's New Year's and there's just party after party after party. So you're just filling your body with a bunch of things that you wouldn't normally eat and in higher amounts than you would normally eat them even if you did. Um, and then people wonder why that's also flu season, why they always get sick all the time. It's because they're, so, they're putting so much stressful um, stressors in their body in yes. the form of food that you know, they're just inflamed, their immune system suppressed, and, and then they just continue to get sick. So for these people that you're describing, <laughs> they went through that holiday season and then they go right into tax season. So There's they no have, winning, yeah. Yeah, they have about <laughs> six months of it instead <laughs> of just the three months of holiday season. Right, yeah. So if you are in a career like that or just something that's kind of similar with the amount of stress and not lack of junk food, then I would definitely, I mean you could opt to work from home. That's a lot more common these days. I know that my husband always is saying how many, you know, donuts and Chick-fil-A and all the things that are always at the office. Like he eats so much better on the days that he works from home just because it's not sitting out right in front of him for free, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, I think the thing that I've seen work, um, this is kind of weird, but when you're, you, when you're in an environment where that's just always around, you almost have to get the mindset of, of demonizing that stuff. Yeah. Um, of, of even getting to the point where you are almost like people are annoyed by you because you're always <laughs> talking about how terrible it is. Right. But that's the stuff, like you have to have that mindset, like this stuff is poison, this stuff is going to kill me, that type of stuff. Because if it's just always around and everybody else that you're around is eating it, you're yes. just going to, you're going to go after it. And if you can't get out of that environment, you know, because that's your job, then I think that's, if you, again, if your goal is health and preventing, you know, health issues, then that's the only way really to, to kind of deal with it. Cause it's going to, the temptation is going to be too strong to, to do something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then find other ways to mitigate the stress, like yoga, prayer, meditation, quiet time, reading for fun, going on walks, all kinds of different things that you could do to manage stress in a healthier way. Um, all right. So then that was our first question was, is this craving happening alongside a particular emotion or physical feeling? Next question to ask yourself, is this craving for a highly palatable food? So what we mean by highly palatable food is something that has been designed to make you crave it, um, which is usually processed 
as we would say, fake food, if mm -hmm. you're talking about real food versus fake food. So the food companies, um, processed food, junk food companies, have something called a bliss point, which is the perfect combination of sugar, salt, and fat that makes these foods so difficult to resist. And so it's a whole team of people, researchers, flavor specialists, engineers, statisticians, um, who all have designed these foods to make your body crave them. So this is pretty disturbing. Yeah, um, and when we talk about like being in control of your cravings, this is a big factor because in this instance, you really aren't in control. It's someone else has designed these chemicals that you've unfortunately put in your body that just make you want more. Yeah. The fact that that is even possible is so scary. sad. It's yeah. Very scary. I, and then those companies kind of work together with, you know, things like social media and stuff and figure out they, they also have people, you know, statisticians and brain scientists and people are figuring out oh, how much do we have to put this in front of people to desire it? And then you eat it and then you, you kind of get addicted to it. Yeah. So and the more with sugar, especially the more you consume, the more you want and you essentially build up a tolerance <coughs> to the sweetness. And so you need more to satisfy to give you that original feeling that you got, you know, the first time that you ate that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sugar's crazy. Uh, it just has a chemical. Um, I used to share this study. They did a study on rats where right after a, a mo mother rat would have uh, a litter of, of baby rats, um, they would, I think they used cocaine, some, something similar to cocaine that they would allow the rat to come after and but she would have to leave her young which rats don't do that they would mm -hmm. have she would have to leave their young um, unprotected to go get the cocaine and the rat would not do that but then when it put when they put sugar um, the rats left every time oh left the babies um, unprotected wow. to go get the sugar and it was just showing how addictive sugar can be even more so than an addictive um, drug like, like, yeah. something like cocaine so yeah it can and it's, a it's big just deal. become so normalized in our society it's very frustrating especially like as a parent of a young toddler who is being introduced to a lot of foods for the first time right now i'm trying as much as i can to l avoid sugar yeah but it's near impossible if you if you don't cook every single thing yourself you know anything right. processed right has sugar right. <laughs> and like i think <laughs> you're talking about you know just losing control basically and, and nobody wants to be out of control right mm -hmm. nobody wants to be controlled by something else but like you said it's so normal in our society that you're kind of you're the weirdo if you're not eating sugar right? yeah so totally. <laughs> you're the weirdo if you're choosing not to be controlled by some sort of substances that's kind of where we've got to yep yeah yeah so definitely when a craving arises if it is for something sweet or even salty um that can totally be in this category as well if it's just, I, I want this, I got to have it because it's sweet and I need to satisfy that sweet tooth, it's likely some, because it's one of these highly palatable foods that you are unfortunately caught in this mm -hmm. cycle of craving. So the way to overcome that is, again, mindfulness, acknowledge it, realize that it's a highly palatable food, and then we'll talk about step three in a little bit. But... All right. And then the next question, is this craving tied to a habit? 
I've also been guilty of this myself. So examples would be like, I always get a muffin when I'm at a coffee shop. Or for me in college, this was every time I would sit down to study, I would go to a certain place on campus and always get like a latte, Yeah. you know? And it's just like, I don't necessarily want it or think about it. It's just, this is what I do when I'm sitting here in this environment. It's, you know, that kind of thing. Any, yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, they've also done studies of people. I don't know exactly how they did it, but it, I think it was, they go to the refrigerator more looking for snacks when they're watching TV. Hmm. Um, so it just, yeah, became a habit of when it's time for them to sit down and watch TV, that increased the amount of times that they went and, and got a snack. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it falls under that category of you just get into these routines where I, I, uh, I worked, I did an internship with a, a doctor, um, and he would, I think it was every, was it every Tuesday, Thursday? I want to say it was every Tuesday, Thursday, he would go to Starbucks, get four shots of espresso, um, just prior to his shift that oh he was going God. in. And again, he, he was a healthy guy. He did yeah. all, you know, he taught a lot of the same stuff that I taught, but that was just kind of how he, that was the habit that he developed going into for him to going to the shift. And just kind of was in that mindset, if I'm going to do this shift well, this is what I, I have to stay in the same rhythm. Um, so, yeah, you could get into even healthy people that mostly do healthy things yeah. can get into some of those weird rhythms that are, can be detrimental to your health. For sure. Totally. Or another one that I think of a lot is wanting something sweet after a meal. I think I've definitely been, you know, victim to that of just, I always, cause my, we were a dessert family yeah. growing up. Yeah. And so always just wanting to end a meal with something sweet has, de- has been something that I've had to yep. overcome. Yeah. My big one is, is so the, uh, you talk about the whole intermittent fasting thing and mm-hmm. can you do that? And it's l- difficult for people. Like I could be fine, you know, not eating until three, four five in the afternoon, but I always have to eat late at night. Like that's just something oh. that, that's just a habit that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, it's just a routine that I have. So yep. my, what what ruins kind of my fasting is the time on the on the front end of it is I don't where most people are stopping after dinner and then they fast until breakfast or lunch. Like I could fast all, all day long, but once it gets to nighttime, that's when that food bed, has to come. Midnight <laughs> snack. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. So definitely if this is you, if you fall into this category rather than just being on autopilot, Again, taking a moment to tune into your body, a moment of mindfulness can help you determine if you're actually hungry and you actually like need to eat at that time or if you're just doing it out of habit. Yeah, and you might have to change rhythms. I mean, like you sure. said, I, every time I went to a coffee shop, I had to get a latte. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you don't, if you don't think you can overcome going to a coffee shop and not getting a latte, then you probably just have to choose not to go to those coffee shops right. for a while yeah. until, until healing happens, depending on where you're at with your health. Yeah, that's a good point. The fourth question to figure out the origin of your craving is, is this craving guiding me towards something that would support my health and well-being? So some cravings are genuinely your body trying to get back to balance. If you've been like on vacation, eating out a lot, you might come home and just want to make a big salad or a big egg veggie scramble that's really good and that's definitely a craving that you should probably follow Um, or when you're not feeling well and you just crave like a nourishing soup Mm -hmm. a bone broth or something that's really positive and so 
those are things we want to follow through with and give the body what it needs and what it craves. But if the answer to this question is no, that this food would not support my health and well-being, that's when we want to go back and kind of look at those other three things that we've talked about and understand if it's not to support my health and well-being, then why am I having this craving? Because really your body wants to be well. And so it's going to, what it wants is, you know, things that are going to be good for you. Right. Yeah, having a craving for a Twinkies is never going to be, <laughs> never going to be what your body wants. No, no, definitely. That's <coughs> that's the, the food scientists right. telling your body what they want it to want. Okay, so then, so those are the four questions to ask yourself to kind of help you figure out where the craving is coming from. Once you've identified between those four things, Um, You want to proceed with intentionality. So you've taken a moment to evaluate the reason. You can now move forward with whatever decision is best. Maybe that is following the craving. If it is, at least you know you thought about it. You took a step. It's not controlling you. You're the one in control. And um, when we were talking last time, you were saying something about like being a slave to your body that was good yeah i mean this just kind of goes back to the not wanting to be have anything have control over you you know basically that's that is kind of slavery so if you're if it whether it's some type of a, a drug that you have that you're addicted to alcohol that you're addicted to and, and of course some type of a food um it's so basically I'm, I'm trying to make the argument that it's craving some people can just be like oh i just have this craving it's not that big of a deal a craving can be a sign that you are addicted to something and you're a slave to something, and that's you're never going to be healthy if if that's the case, right? right? If if you have to go do something, because most of the time, like we're like you were just explaining, those things are not going to be what your body needs. They're going to be what your body doesn't need. So, and you, part of obtaining health is staying away from what the body doesn't need. If you're if that has control over you, if you're dependent on those things, if you're addicted to those things, then again, there's just no way that that you could ever be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, and I would say to wrap it all up, it's okay to not eat perfectly all the time. Like eat, you know, what do you say? Give the body what it real food most of the time. Right. But when you do deviate from the real food plan, you want it to be a thoughtful decision that you chose to make, not one that just Right. Your body overtook you and you right. couldn't even, you know, control. Right. So one, one of the principles that we teach at the gym is um, that basically figuring that into your diet of having foods that regardless of the nutritional value, these should be part of your diet. And that's all depending on where you're at with your health, right? If you have some sort of significant autoimmune issue or if you have cancer, if you're really fighting something, then that one probably doesn't apply to you. But for people who are just trying to fight to be healthy, then this one absolutely applies to you. But one of the biggest words within that principle is enjoy food mm. regardless of nutritional value. If you're addicted to something, right, if it's you're just always giving into these cravings, most of the time you know you don't want to do it, right? I just crave it and I have to have it. Mm-hmm. That's not enjoying. You're not able to actually enjoy that, right? right? It might give you some pleasure because, again, you're coping with something else that's not food-related, stress or sleep deprivation or whatever, like you mentioned. But you're not really enjoying that food. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's that's not a recipe for good health. Right. 
All right. Well, I hope that this was helpful for you guys. If um, you know of anyone else who could be helped by this episode, please share it with them. Follow us on social media and we will talk to you next time.